What's up, Literacy Advocates? It's me, your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today is Matt Barden. He is someone who has had a combined 35 years in education. He's been a New York City teacher for years. He taught middle school and high school English. He's been involved with Teach for America at the beginning and has been a tutor ever since. He's also the founder of Zinc Learning Labs, and I'm really excited to have him as a guest today. Matt, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Timmy. Thanks. So Matt, I'm really excited to talk to you because the last time we talked, you said something that I hadn't heard anybody say before. Um, I, I like to ask everyone about a commonly held belief they disagree with. Um, and you mentioned something to the effect of the idea of kids reading and a movie playing in their head. You know, it's just the movie playing in their head and you disagree with that way of thinking about it. Now I've heard a lot of teachers say that. So I guess my first question is, what do you mean when you talk about it? And, and, and what do you mean by like, you disagree with that? Right? Well, I think um, I 100% agree with the impulse that's driving it. I think, as teachers, we're trying to get our kids to actually comprehend, right? Like, when when they sound out the words correctly, why aren't they getting it? Why aren't they understanding it? We call that understanding zinking, because there's no word for it. But it is definitely not making a movie. When, when you think of making a movie, we're all so experienced with video. We live in a video culture. But the thing about reading is a writer can plunk down any image they feel like in the middle of a text. You know, uh, and so when Zora Neale Hurston says ships at a distance have every man's wish on board, she doesn't mean literal ships. And, you know, you do want to imagine that image and you want to feel it and all the rest. But, you know, a writer can suddenly be talking about peanut butter and we're on an actual ship or whatever. And kids get very confused by that instruction when really there's a whole other experience that writers want us to have and can give us. And it's in many ways, a much richer experience because they can throw in any, you know, image, sound, smell, sensation, you know, because we're imagining it. And that's what reading is. It's turning those words into images, experiences, meanings, and ideals. And uh, making a movie ain't it. Hmm. I, I think about a lot of times like reading fiction. Um, if you're reading, say, a fiction novel, it's not too hard to have I guess movie, I mean, I would probably use the phrase like I've got a movie playing in my head. Is it just that in order to encompass all genres, you don't think that we should think about it that way? Or do you even think that it's wrong to think about it that way with fiction? Um, it's not that it's wrong. Look, again, I think it's much better than not saying anything. I think the problem actually, it, it speaks to like a bigger issue, I think, for educators, which is that m almost all of us who are educators, we're readers, right? Yeah. We're readers, we love reading, or we did at one point, you know, but you got to understand, adult level readers in this country, that's 13% of the population. Most people never achieve that level of comprehension. So when you say make the movie to someone, it's just the wrong instruction, right? It's yeah. just missing a lot of the elements that go into successful reading. And when, as a student, if I'm trying to apply that idea and I'm reading something that has all this other language, you know, also a lot of language in, uh, especially nonfiction is not 
imagery. It's not a movie at all. And you actually have to make that language real for yourself in order to comprehend. So, yeah. you know, when we what talk about What do you mean when thinking, you say that, make that language yeah. real? So when we talk about zinking, we ask students to think on a spectrum from use your senses, right? Which would be words like swimming in a pond in the rain, right? As soon as I say that, your brain is making the movie. You're seeing that experience. Maybe you can feel the sensation, right? Even the sounds of raindrops or the cold or the heat of the air, whatever. All of those things are sensory, right? But when you read something that says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, well, what is your brain supposed to do that? How do you make a movie out of that? Yeah. Right? It's not a movie. It's an idea, right? And we call those make it real phrases, because if you really want to understand pursuit of happiness, that's a tricky one. It's interesting, because what does your brain do with that, actually? Mm. It's like, right? It grabs something, but yeah. it's pretty big. If you want to fully understand it, like what, the, what is a pursuit of happiness? Yeah. I think when I think of pursuit of happiness, I think of doing entrepreneurial things for growth and acquiring stuff and that sort of thing. <laughs> well, right on. And, and it also can be interpreted in a lot of other ways too, right? Like, um, and, but the way your brain actually understands words like that is not to make a movie. Right. Yeah. Or maybe it is, but like you're, you have to, in that case, you have to really make it really have to connect your own example. In your case, entrepreneurship, the opportunity to, you know, make your way in the world to uh, pursue wealth. Right. Um, some people would say it's an opportunity to uh, pursue all sorts of other things. And I, I don't, I don't want to get into that, but like the point is that's what reading is, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's being able to handle that whole spectrum of language from something really concrete, you know, uh, to something abstract. And um, to enjoy reading, you want to be skilled at those things, right? You want to be used to that. You want to you want to be looking for that, and and yeah, enjoying it. Agreed. You use the made up phrase a couple of times. Zinking. What is zinking? Well, so obviously I made that up because like there wasn't a word for it. It's, it's because make the movie in your head is not effective. Yeah. It's not what's going to get a, a student who doesn't naturally do that to understand what they need to do. So I was looking for actionable feedback to give a student to say, no, no, no. When you're reading a, yeah, you got to sound out the words. Well, right. You got to know what they mean. Those are definitely foundational to successful reading. But this other step was what I really saw missing for so many students, you know, they're reading and like, of course, it's boring. <laughs> you know, it's insanely boring if you're trying to read a language you don't understand. But even if it's a language you do understand, if the words aren't then forming into these kind of experiences in your brain, nothing's happening. So we made up a word for it. Zinking. It's turning the words into meanings, images, ideas, experiences. And it's what successful writers are just doing automatically. And I think the big revelation to me was realizing like, oh, yeah, that's not happening for everyone. So of course you don't like reading. Yeah, the fact that that's not happening for the majority of people is wild to me. Because again, I studied to be an English teacher. You were an English teacher for us. It, it happened a long time ago, or we wouldn't have pursued that career. 
Yeah, probably. Although honestly, and you probably would agree with me, right? Don't you have moments when you're reading when you're like, whoa, 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 I didn't, nothing was happening. You know, yeah, like sure. John, nobody. Else. Oh, like, yeah. I think we all can relate to that. You know, almost everyone, no one's brain is a barcode scanner, right? So the process <laughs> of reading, and there's a lot of research about this, you know, it's not a um, natural thing to be doing at all. Yeah. Right. It's crazy um, that your brain can go through the process of reading the words on, you know, page after page, like you, you could read, you know, 300 words and you actually read all of those words, but nothing else happened. You were in a completely exactly. different la la land. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I think it's increasingly hard because we live in such a video culture, right? Like for kids and for us too, like, I know when I'm tired, I'd rather go on YouTube and watch my sports highlights, you know, like I don't want to read something really challenging or whatever, but at the same time, a, I have the capability. So if I need to, or want to, I can turn it on and B, I do find it, you know, deeply satisfying to read a great book. And, um, you know, it, it is actually more satisfying, you know? So to me, the analogy is sort of like junk food versus, like a really delicious meal. And I don't mean like health food that tastes terrible because like, that's not how I feel about, you know, reading the like Richard Kapuczynski book that I'm reading right now, you know, like I'm enjoying it. It is a little more effort, right. Yeah. Than, than watching, you know, baseball highlights for sure, which is also wonderful. How did you come to the idea of zinking? Like was this something that happened while you were tutoring? And, and how did you end up naming it Zinking? Like, what's the story of that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely came from tutoring, right? Because I'm a test prep tutor, and I just, I need to get results, right? And so the, the sort of basic tricks that <clears throat> everybody teaches in test prep, uh, and if you're listening and you've done test prep, then I know what I mean. Like, they work amazingly well for like a small percentage, right? Like maybe it's even 20, 25%, but so many kids, like think about it. If you're reading and it's just like the wall comes down, right? Like very quickly, you're going to get frustrated and give up. And so I don't know. I just figured it out, right? Yeah. Like this is what's happening. And then wait, what was the other part of your question? Oh, uh, oh the, the term so, zinking. Yeah. A friend of mine actually, um, said that he was talking about like um the i was sort of preaching about reading or something and he came he said this thing he was like hey don't bother me mom i'm zinking like and uh like it was like a a thing to do and i just needed okay. a word for it so yeah um for teachers that are listening to this and they're on board with the concept of zinking how do you actually get the majority of your students be not just 13%, but the, but the majority of your students to be able to do this and to do this regularly and easily? <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, look, we're building this software that like, I, I'm not sure. First of all, if there are any teachers listening, um, please reach out to me if you're interested, Matt at zinclearninglabs.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we're, we are building these tools. Um, because in my experience, you really have to get your students to experience it. Right. Cause like, it's, it's like riding a bicycle. Like once you're doing it and you're actually noticing what the words are doing, 
you know, you want, you have to give them a text that's somehow meaningful to them and then get them to experience it with that text. And also it has to be kind of above their pay grade. Like if it's something that's so easy that they just get it automatically, then it doesn't have that aha moment of like, oh, wow, like I'm in, you know, like I get it now and I enjoy it. Um, but I felt like, you know, the reason we build this software is like, it is individualized. It is giving each kid uh, their own level and giving them their own set of challenges. And it's because it's one-to-one, -one, the software, it allows them to grapple with a text just on their own. I think it's very hard in a classroom. You have to be very careful because kids feel humiliated, you know, they feel called out or whatever, and that never works. You know, like it only works if they, if you can give them that positive experience, right? The pleasure of doing it. Yeah. How does your um, software, like, how do you go about choosing texts for your software? Well, um, well, we, we, there are various parts of the software that have different texts, but we look for things that we know are going to be meaningful to a, to a middle or high school student, which is the target for this. Some college students as well. So there are more advanced texts that are, that we link to on the site, but the key component in the software is this experience called Ignition, where you log in, you do a level placement where you see a series of short paragraphs and you know, it, it kind of figures out wh what your comfort level is. And then it starts giving you a lot of practice with these skills with a variety of texts. Now, again, I'm always looking for something where I believe that if a kid puts in the effort that, yeah, there's a payoff right? Like yeah. it has to be something where I feel like it'll be meaningful. I mean, it's interesting because it's hard to find that. Right. And it's not going to be one size fits all. And in fact, I'm very interested in creating this kind of text because, you know, we're still teaching catcher in the rye, you know, and it's like, yeah, that's a great book, but come on. It's like 80 years later, like, um, yeah. and uh, you know, there's like Harry Potter and stuff that kids love, but that's something I'm surprised kids. no one is doing because I think it would go over really well is having students read as texts scripts of YouTube videos, like some of the best YouTubers, you know, like um, like any of Matt Pat's channels of game theory or film theory, because um, they're going to be interesting and challenging texts. But they're, it's such a, it's a format that kids are so familiar with that they could probably read it. And to use the phrase that we're trying not to use, the movie would be playing in their head. <laughs> really? So because the, the way he talks? Yeah, What's yeah, his yeah. name? Matt Pat? Yeah, Matt Pat. He's got uh, three really popular YouTube channels, Game Theory, Film Theory, and Food Theory. Interesting. Uh, one's about food, one's about movies, and one's about games. Wow. Far and out. the scripts We're are really sophisticated. So uh -huh. it would be interesting to have students read those, you know, if they're struggling to ascribe, how did you say it? Like zinking is when you read and you're able to have experiences, meaning and images, experience, meanings, ideas. Those yeah. are the four that come to my mind of like what actually is meant to happen right Got in it. your head. Right. Yeah. And it is kind of like making the movie, but not really <laughs> like yeah. there's so much other stuff that that needs to go on for you to succeed um just on the how side of things um since you said you think you believe that this is a very one-to-one -one kind of a thing uh 
what about in a tutoring context, since you have all that experience, how do you go about helping a kid who is not zinking to be able to zinc? Well, like I said, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Like, um, it, a lot of it is picking the right text, right? And then I'm just saying them, okay, like your first way in, right, is they use your senses, like find the words or the phrases that are strictly auditory, visual, mostly visual, right? That's our primary sense, sound, yep. smells, whatever. If it says swimming in a pond in the rain, like, are you really experiencing that? Right. Yes. Secondly, within that, there's what we call key images. So that's the thing where the writer brings in an image and what they want you to do is really fully experience it. So I, I use uh, Hurston, right? Um, and this is good for English teachers. It's less good for most students because it won't interest them. But yeah, ships yeah. at a distance have every man's wish on board. For some, they come in with a tide. For others, they sail forever on the horizon never coming closer, never going away till the watcher turns his eyes away in, in resignation, his dreams mocked to death by time. Um, it's such a heavy, intense line, right? But she says ships at a distance. So like really picture those ships. Yeah. Imagine ships at a distance. And when a writer uses a key image, your job as a reader is to take two to five seconds and just notice what goes with that image. Just let that image manifest in your imagination and feel it. What are the thoughts and feelings that go with ships at a distance? What do you got? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about like looking out at a dock. I see, you know, the ocean, the sky, the ships that are at a distance. Um, I see the sails. I imagine there's sailors on board. Okay. But when you really see them at a distance like that, right, you're on that dock. What is it? What does that image feel like? And this it isn't like an English teacher peaceful. question. Nice. Right. There's something peaceful, right? Kids will say um, exciting or adventurous. A lot of people say lonely or sad, right? I don't know if you're getting that, but I think it's there, right? Yeah. And notice that she could have said trucks on a highway have every man's wish on board, right? And how would that be different? So what are trucks on a highway doing? Like for me, it's like asphalt, you know, oil, I'm at a truck stop, you know, the smell of like gas fumes and stuff. It's like intense, harsh, um, commerce, like, yeah. you know, all of these images that writers put in. And as soon as you get a kid like actively doing that, it actually feels good, you know, yeah. or it should, you know, especially if you find the right text and then you've got to make sure they're doing it continuously. And, th and then that's something that has to be practiced to build it up, to have that skill. And again, it's, there's a lot of competition out there for their attention. So yeah. I think if we, if we expect them to just get it, mm, nah, it's probably not going to work that way. You got to really work at this. Yeah. You know? So my last question for you, Matt, is just why does this matter so much ultimately and like, why is this something that you have devoted so much of your time and life to? I think it matters because, uh, oh God, where do I begin? <laughs> it matters in so many ways. First of all, I'm, I'm convinced that um, advanced reading helps your brain grow. Um, your brain runs on language. It's almost like the operating system of the brain. I don't have any proof of this. And I've reached out to some, 
you know, neuroscientists or whatever. And they were like, that's cool. Adolescent brain development experts. But I haven't found any takers yet. But I think that it's going to rewire your brain to deal with written language and to practice this. And what you said before about um, the podcaster or the YouTuber, like yeah. that may work, but spoken language can never achieve the depth and sophistication of written language. And so I think there's something there for our students and for everyone, you know, even as adults to keep, um, you know, challenging ourselves and growing ourselves and, and seeking out that satisfaction, especially in the era of the cheap calories that we're constantly bombarded with. So I'm convinced this is going to be like exercise, mm -hmm. you know, like a hundred years ago, we got rid of the need for heavy labor for most of us living in the world we live in. Right. Yep. Yep. And, and then we immediately started producing all these like inexpensive calories that were wonderful when you were like hungry and starving or whatever. And then like during our lifetimes, and I'm a lot older than you, people started realizing like, oh no, I, I need to eat better food and uh, Hey, exercise feels good. You know? So I think this is going to be the same. And I also think we need an educated populace to sustain a democracy. Um, yeah. And also there aren't going to be jobs for people who aren't able to think critically and whatnot. So I'm very worried about the future as are most of us. And <laughs> this is uh, one little part of it that I hope to contribute something meaningful to. Agreed. I love it, Matt. This has been a great conversation. Where are you most active online and where would you like listeners to connect with you? Um, I, we have uh, an Instagram zinc learning labs is our Instagram LinkedIn um, and like I said, any teachers out there who hear this and um, are interested, you can email me directly or info at zinclearninglabs.com. Really appreciate the opportunity to be on here with you, Timmy. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. All those links are in the description. Matt, thank you so much for being on. Right on.